This podcast is brought to you by ThamesCon, bringing conventions to Oxford and London, including the Great Conjunction. Right now, they are running a Dark Crystal virtual cosplay contest. To find out more, visit their website at www.thegreatconjunction.com. Another world, another time, in the age of wonder. You are listening to Trial by Stone. Trial by Stone! Dea, Tea, Dara, Tea. Your vital essence, the Dark Crystal. Kida, Kida. Come, come, see for yourself. Aru, Garu. How very interesting. Dea, Tea. I feel the song of Thra in my heart! Now go, you heroes of Thra! Hello and welcome to Trial by Stone, the Dark Crystal podcast. I'm your host, Philip, and just want to say thank you so much for tuning in um, to this podcast. And with me, as always, is my co-host, um, Sydney. So hey, Sydney, how have you been going? Not too bad, Phil. I'm happy to be here. As usual, I'm excited to take a dive into somewhere else for a minute. It's nice to step outside the quarantine and into Thra. <laughs> I know it is certainly um, interesting times at the moment. And I mean, that's a good thing. Like, I mean, you know, when you try and think of things to do and podcasting is definitely one of those things uh, to definitely pass the time and, and talking about things that are a bit different to the world, real world um at the moment and um yeah dark crystal and talking thrar is it's always a lot of fun with discussing this show and you know yeah especially with age of resistance that's just sort of open up so many discussion things um with the podcast and you know as we're sort of continuing with our discussion of uh rian i know we we recorded um yeah last time we did a rian part we you know it's always one of those things we always think we, i always think oh you know we'll get a done in one episode but um i think we only got up to like episode four sort of in our sort of picking highlights and stuff and um yeah just sort of my typical running. nerd behavior going <laughs> off on tangents you know? yeah i know but we certainly had a lot of fun enough fun then we're like you know we, we definitely needed a part two uh for Rian. so i mean he is one of the main characters so i think you know especially for the main characters i think um they're gonna need more than just one episode sometimes so uh, but who knows, you know, maybe once we get to Freckles, I mean, you know, we, we might even get two or three episodes out of him. I don't know. Like, <laughs> yeah, well, Freckles is going to invite a lot of theories, I think. That's when we're going to, you know, we'll come up with possible backstories. We'll open it up to listeners like, where do you think Freckles comes from? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or what's his, you know, he's a, what's his actual name is as well? Like. I know we're just dying to know about those things about Freckles. Um, yeah. yeah. Is he yeah. Kira's dad? Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I guess we'll find out in season two. Yeah, so we're just um, yeah, continuing discussing with Rian. And also later in the show, we, we want to try and change things up a little thing, a little bit with Trial by Stone by adding a little, couple little segments here and there that I, I think coming up that you, yourself, Cindy, you, you probably, you know, suggested it to me, um, that we're going to do some Dark Crystal Mad Libs. Oh, I um, cannot wait. Yeah, hopefully, yeah. Hopefully you guys think that Mad Libs are as funny as I do because they just, they never cease to, to amuse me and crack me up. And I love watching other people do them too. So yeah, I prepared a little uh, story about Rian, and I'm going to challenge Philip to fill the blanks, and we'll see what kind of wacky adventure um, 
Rian gets up to in, in my little story that I wrote. <laughs> Alrighty, I, I cannot wait. And I mean, that it, it like, because I have no idea sort of what uh, what Sydney's written or anything. So I, I have no idea what, what to expect. So um, it's, it's going to be pretty fun. So we can't wait for that. But before we talk about Rian, I just sort of thought I'd do some updates with the podcast um you know we now we have a patreon for trial by stone um give us your tithes so give us your tithes yeah um but basically you know we're um just looking for you know extra support from the podcast and and doing it through patreon is probably one of the big things that would uh, be able to help us to um to keep making these podcasts essentially uh, mainly with podcasting fees and even fees with running the websites and all that kind of stuff so um, and we do have some rewards as well, like um, bonus shows. Um, one of which, uh, one of the bonus shows is going to be is called Dream Space, uh, which is just like a little short solo show, um, you know, about just just sort of talking about the podcast or talking about, you know, whether Dark Crystal or off-topic stuff, just to give you guys some exclusive content on Patreon. So um, if you get a chance to check it out at patreon.com, forward slash dark crystal podcast um that'd be fantastic to to have your support if you're able to yeah that's gonna be that's gonna be amazing it's i'm really excited for you guys to see out there um i'm also going to be doing some some special patreon exclusive fan art for those of you um as well to check out so that's another really fun dark crystal related activity that i've been enjoying during my lockdown is working on some working on some dark crystal art for you guys so um if you want to become our patrons then you'll get exclusive access to stuff like that and that's just i'm really excited yeah absolutely yeah um i'm like i'm looking forward to um you know just seeing all the support that we'll get from uh, people that check out the patreon and um yeah i mean even like with the fan art that we'll have um every month um from yourself and um yeah it's it's, it's gonna be really great so you know more information on the patreon website and yeah so no which is really cool so yeah i mean i guess we might as well start off with continuing discussing um rianne i think last time i think like i said that we're i think we got up to the um end of episode four yeah where did we leave off with rianne what was he doing when last we hung out with him oh well i mean of course he was captured by skekmal the hunter and and i mean i have to say like with episode five i think the first shot I think is probably one of my favorite shots in the show where it starts off with, you know, close up of Rian and then the camera dollies back and the camera rotates as well. Just the, the drama and the tension like of, of that, just that one shot um, is definitely sort of, uh, for me, it was definitely one of my favorite shots um, from the show. With, uh, with Rian hanging upside down? Yes. Yeah. 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 That yeah. Skekmali's guy's um, sword or, you know, you know sharpening them up and whatnot mm-hmm. so um, that was sort of our yeah. first hint at his uh at Skekmal's character really like he's been sort of a, a scary entity up until this point and and it was here that he starts to dive into his his narrative about his prey and his um his prize and and just how important that is to him. And, you know, we got a little bit of that with his his conversation with the Chamberlain, but here we really get to see just how obsessed he is with that concept of, you know, I've got my eye locked on my prey, and, like, I'm single-minded. That is all I care about. Anything that gets in my way is going to get demolished. Um, 
and now here I am with my prey, like, and he, I mean, he really, like, trash talks Rian a little bit, like, he's, you know, I'm gonna, your skull is gonna make a nice addition, and you've got heart, I like that too, and I'll, I'll take that too, it's just like, uh, he's, um, he's definitely, he goes for effect, he's dramatic, he's a bit of a drama queen, and from Rian's perspective, he has just, like, so much more context now for for why this is terrifying because he's seen um mira get drained he understands by this point the the length that the skexies will go like he fully understands what danger he's in so like it's it's pretty intense moment for rian to come face to face with that it's probably pretty horrifying skekmal's no joke yeah oh no no you don't want to mess with skekmal i mean even like from episode four I know I just uh, you know I just realized like Skekmal was only introduced like in episode four so you know from very little that we got out of him but you know, we know like by episode five I mean we know he was terrifying episode four but by episode five it's like yeah you do not want to mess with him at all um even the, like the Skeksis they were terrified of him basically when they, especially when you know hearing the horn you know for Skekmal to return <laughs> those of us who read the books were like uh-oh oh no we know exactly what's coming and it's uh it's scary it's scary and awesome skekmal's kind of a rock star he's like he's mythical and um to to the other skeksis even like they're like <gasps> you summoned the hunter like they're freaked out by him they they know they're not even safe like they don't want to piss him off even though he's a skeksis as well like so it's and for those those of us who uh, for those those people who didn't read the books and who don't have any context for the hunter, it was probably a pretty interesting moment to be like, "Oh, who's that?" Like, I that's a new Skeksis that we didn't see in the movie. Like, what's that about? That's probably like pretty mysterious. And then for his reveal, so I I really like that how it was something that was interesting for old fans and new fans. Like, whether you'd read the books or seen the movie, like there was it was exciting for different reasons. Like his, it was just such a good character because he was so interesting, no matter what kind of a fan you are. Yeah, totally. Yeah, and and of course, like you know, one of those moments that sort of connected with the books to the show is, of course, um, where the Chamberlain sort of you know he pops over and um he looks for you know the es- the vile essence, grabs it off Rian and um starts drinking it to to Rian's shock and horror, of course, you know, seeing Mira just gone and and then um you know the chamberlain just smashing that vial with with, with his feet and um, yep such disrespect absolutely yeah and and i mean that was sort of one of those things that connected with um tides of the dark crystal with the third book even though things are a little bit different you know there are some differences between what happens in the book versus the show but it does have a sort of a sense of rhyming i guess like between the two so because i definitely remember like it, it when I when I was reading that book and like that happened within the first couple of chapters, I'm like, whoa! Like, did not see that coming. Like, yeah, that was a bit of a shock. I mean, quite a few shocking moments that happened, like you know, that occurred in Tides that that you know sort of ended up happening in Age of Resistance, uh, which we we'll get into later. What I appreciated too was that uh, I feel like the way that Rian's character was written was pretty consistent at this moment from the way that that moment is portrayed in the book and then the way that that moment is portrayed in the show even though the events were a little different the circumstances were a little different what other characters were present um 
I think in in the book, Naya and Kylan and some other characters were present for that moment. It wasn't just Rian, but in uh, in the show, what we see is that Rian is the only one experiencing this, and there's an emphasis on the fact that this was the last he had of Mira. This was the last bit of her that existed in the world for him to hold on to, and now she's gone completely. Like, he already had to to grieve for her and to mourn her, but now he kind of has to do that again because he's lost her. It's like he's lost her a second time, and that was emphasized in the, the way that um, that Joe wrote the that scene, that scene, that moment in the book, but it's also... I feel like that was that was still very much the case in the show, um, but maybe a little more intense because Rian didn't have anyone else there with him to to grieve with. He didn't have any shoulders to cry on, so, so to speak, in that moment. He was the only one experiencing that horror, and you know, no witnesses mm, to yeah. <laughs> to share to share well, the trauma with. Yeah, because I mean, like with all the episodes so th- so far, like. You know, Rian was pretty much by himself, and it wasn't until episode four that he encountered, you know, with yeah, Naya and Kylan and Tavra, that that was sort of the first sort of connection with multiple Gelflings at once. I mean, of course, you know, he you know met up with Gurgen and you know try and do their their escape that to, didn't work out for Gurgen, but did work out for Rian. So yeah, yeah, no, it was yeah interesting about that. And he probably doesn't know where Gurgen is right now either. You know what I mean, like. The last he saw him was when they were still in the castle at this point. Um, and so there's probably a little bit of worry for, for Rian at this point as far as where his his other closest friend is because he's lost the Gelfling that's the closest to him and now he has to go through that grieving process again. I'm sure it would have been much um, better for him to go through that knowing that his best friend was there with him because i mean gurdon cared about mira as well like the three of them were kind of a a trio and uh and now he has to face this alone and i it circles back to what rian's entire dynamic is as a hero which is learning that you have to let others in to stand beside you you know being a hero doesn't mean facing everything by yourself like sometimes you're forced into a situation where you have to be by yourself but I'm sure in that moment he would have liked to have somebody with him to to support him you know and being faced with solitude and facing these horrible things by yourself doesn't yeah, feel yeah. particularly heroic in that moment he's yeah and it's an special like um when he was given the opportunity to um get out of the um the carriage with the chamberlain when he stops and um you know he's like you know you can leave if you want you can run but Rian sort of contemplates and, and i guess you know sort of says you know what let's just go to the castle crystal and i don't know yeah yeah almost seemed really like he's sort of moment. given up a little given up a little bit but um but i mean luckily i mean Donald didn't last too long um with um gurgen and naya actually um uh managed to get on the carriage and to to get rian out of the carriage with that escape the carriage sequence and um again i mean that scene is like so good i i believe like that was like one of this one of the many scenes where they basically had to uh, meticulously sort of plan everything in advance like with storyboards and um who knows what so um and i think you can what you can watch a video i think um you can watch the video with um with louie and um lisa henson i think there was a video on variety 
that they um, did a breakdown of you know how how they shot the scene essentially so that we just really it's definitely worth a watch and i'll make sure i'll put that in the, in the show notes for people that want to check um that out because it's definitely worth a watch yeah yeah definitely and and when we all saw that moment in the trailer before the show even premiered that was one of those moments in the trailer where we all collectively just were like what is that a is that a car is that a <laughs> no. what is happening are, are the are the gelfling jumping on top of a car that is that the, the Chamberlain driving yeah. <laughs> the Skekmobile? Like, all of us instantly named it the Skekmobile before we even, like, before the show even happened. It was just a trailer. We all were in love with the Skekmobile. Oh, and yeah, yeah. it's not, can, I don't think it's canonically called that anywhere. No, no. Um, I, 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 think it's just, I think it's just called a carriage with, um, yeah. and, and the armor leagues are those yeah. creatures that but, you know, I don't, wheels, I, yeah. <laughs> I'm never going to not call it the Skekmobile, and I'm always going to want Hot Wheels to make one. It's just, I'm never going to feel right until I can have one. Like, there should at least be an action figure of it with the little detachable arm legs and, you know, make I mean, a who, you know, who, jump who, on it. Yeah, I mean, who knows with that Dark Crystal and Beastery um, book that's going to come out. Hopefully, it'd be interesting if I actually um, name, you know, if they actually have a, a, a name for the carriages and stuff. But then again, I mean, there was quite a few of them on the show anyway. So, um, yeah, whether they just, yeah, just be called carriage. But yeah, I know it, it was such an interesting, really interesting design um, with those carriages. So yeah, it was mind blowing. Which is blowing. pretty cool. Yeah. I liked, I appreciated too. Or maybe, hang on, it, wait. I just realized, what that? about Weta? Weta should, should imagine if Weta did like a yeah. Dark Crystal, you know, Ugh. one six scale of the carriage. And yeah, you can with have a, a Chamberlain, Chamberlain, a Chamberlain mm-hmm. and a Rian inside, or, or even just a Chamberlain. Like, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. What I would, I mean, that would be, you know, an amazing $600 piece of magic. And, um, but even, you know, I'd be happy with a Lego set too, honestly. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I know, I know, I know, I know. I need to cash in on the license. Like, for yeah. real. Um, I know. Yeah. <laughs> I also like I how it looks like the castle too. It it looks almost like a piece of the castle. Yes, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I remember very early on people were comparing it as well, I think, to like the shell of the Gotham as well. Um or the shape of it was sort of a little bit. So but no, it is pretty cool. Like yeah, it, it is kind of weird like seeing like a vehicle like that in Dark Crystal, but it works like it, it doesn't feel like i mean it doesn't feel like oh it's just a car you know or you know it's not like everyone has a carriage and armor legs you know to travel yeah. around so it didn't turn into a fast and the furious movie it was still dark crystal um and which is pretty impressive it, that had to have been challenging to come up with that and integrate it and design it and we want to put a vehicle into the dark crystal they probably got some eyebrows like uh <laughs> what franchise are you talking about but yeah <laughs> i mean they made it work it it integrated pretty well i think and i don't think i've heard in uh the fandom any complaints about it um i i just think we need more merch is all i'm saying <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely yeah i know so i mean we got those books that are gonna be coming out but yeah again i, I know they really should have um pushed with the merchandise um yeah just sort of bit of a bummer about that yeah <laughs> but oh yeah so i think moving on i mean really the next sort of highlight well you know for for Rian, i mean of course he gets reunited with gurgeon which is all pretty neat because you know like 
like we talked about earlier that you know he hadn't seen him for a very long time and then really the big thing after that was just sort of the whole dream space that sort of for the first time he's able to sort of show the visions and you know to sort of dream fast to a lot of gal things of what was going on so yeah episode five had a lot going on yeah that was intense um i definitely think that the the dream space moment was a big turning point for rian's character because he really had to be vulnerable to showing these horrible things that he's been through he had to share his his trauma with so many other gelfling he had to be willing to accept a, a new family in a way and that's the kind of hero that that rian is shaped into not one who stands above all else he's not the chosen one he's not like the one gelfling to rule them all he has to um he has to rise up with his family of gelfling with him he has to learn how to be vulnerable in order to be strong and that's i think that's a big part of what the gelfling collectively learn is in order to bridge those gaps and to break down those barriers in between the clans because the the barriers between the clans weren't created by gelfling they were manipulated by the skexies to control the gelfling and to get them to be against each other um so in order to be heroes they had to be vulnerable and welcome each other in and show each other their own worlds and that dream space is really um representative of that how much more dream fasting is for them than just sharing memories it it goes far deeper than that yeah i mean just just for them it just really just for all the gelflings to really open up and see the real threat that's out there yeah you know beyond just what happens in their own borders you know within their own clan the skexies are fixated on building shells and building armor you know like you said everything that they create is that very hard and twisted and like looks like armor and a protection like you're protecting from the outside world but what makes gelfling gelfling so different in contrast is that they're they're vulnerable they don't put up shells they they have to share with each other um and that's not something a skexis would ever do you know i i don't think they would if if skexis did have the ability to dream fast i don't think they would do it i think they're too selfish they would um they would keep everything for themselves even if they had the ability to do that they they totally would not whereas gelfling it seems like they're you know even when they're at their lowest they still like well dream fast with me <laughs> like it's it's something that they know they have at their disposal and when things are bad they know that it's helpful and that's that's really what sets them apart and rian's rian's really kind of getting in touch with that at this yeah. point totally and especially like you know in episode six that you know he got to hurrah but was sort of a bit too late and then they all got in the armor leagues to catch up with the um the skexies that caught you know you know they captured the gelflings and put them in the carriage and was able to and ran was able to sort of you know stop in front of him to sort of sort of have that distraction of of um i think with nay and and kyle and and you know to get the other gelflings or trying to get the other gelflings out but then law sort of comes in and saves the day um, oh man ripping the carriage out and yeah <laughs> <laughs> bless lore <laughs> i know yeah um yeah so like and that was sort of another example like that rian opens up even more like dream fasting with um you know with the other gelflings like including freckles um in that episode um and then 
Yeah, yeah. So, and then sort of, you know, moving onwards, I mean, the next time you actually see Reen is, you know, they're at, you know, in the Dowson um, in the clan desert, in area, the, the sands, the Crystal Sea. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, so. pretty. Oh, it really is. Yeah. Because that, that's a funny thing was um, I, I did actually, I'm sort of going a bit sidetracked here, but I did um, bought the you know that book that came out the dream seeking have you have you got your hands on that book by the way or the dream seeking one is that the one that was the behind the scenes of age of resistance specifically oh no no it's like it's just a little activity book um and it's got um you know it it has like a choose your own adventure kind of thing and then quizzes and trivia and okay yeah yeah because i i luckily i actually managed to get the book and oh nice um yeah so and and there was one part where it's like um like a choose your own adventure sort of thing um but it determines like what clan would you be you know if you travel to this or that um and i think i actually ended up getting a like gelfling clan would probably be a dowson um and that's probably more because i like beaches so i think that's probably the big thing (laughs) it's like yeah i would be but i looked at the personalities like with the other clans and yeah. I think Sprite and I always thought I was a Sprite as well. So I'm like, I feel like I'd be a combination of the two. Um, well, what Gelflin clan would you be? At a, oh, well, if you had I'm to choose pre- one that you very prepared with an answer for that because I knew right away that um, if I were a Gelfling, I would be a Seafin. But what interests me about oh, the Seafin? Sorry, yeah, yeah, sorry. I just I'm I'm really messed up there. Yes, it is Seafin, not Dowson. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be a Dowson because... Because you want the beach. Yes. Not the yeah. desert. But the sea even... Yeah, the sea even's the sea. Yeah. 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 The, they're the pirates. They're the... Yes, the yeah, yeah, Travelers. Yeah. The... Yeah, they're almost like Romani. They're... Ugh. So cool. Um, But also the cool thing about the Seafin is that they let Gelfling from other clans join and become Seafin. It's it's not a biological thing that determines if you're a Seafin. It's like you choose it. So... Um, I definitely think that I would, from a genetic standpo- standpoint, be born a Groton, like, into the darkness and the caves, but I would have left to become a pirate. Like, I think I would have been a Groton who joined the Sifa and took to the seas after being born in the caves. Like, I, I thought about this way too hard, but, um, yeah, I I love the entire culture behind the the seafin because they're kind of the ones who are ahead of the curve in terms of we shouldn't be separated by clans we should all be one clan you know what i mean like we shouldn't be um you know have this sort of racism in between the clans and thinking one's better for this one's better for that um they should be merging and the seafin are kind of ahead of that curve they're already kind of doing that they're like hey it doesn't matter if you weren't born here if you want to be with us come aboard matey (laughs) And I know that was, again, one of the cool things about the books um, with Joe's books is learning more about the cultures. And, and yeah, like, that's definitely one of those things about the Seafin, like, just how open they are. Um, we got a lot of that in, yeah. the, in the books. And yes, yeah. not as much exposure to them in Age of Resistance, which, I mean, obviously we don't have time in 10 episodes to show everything in Age of Resistance. We need, we need 10 more hours. But I still, I would love to see more, more Seafin you know, more pirate gelfling, more adventures, and and the librarian from uh, from Harar talks about how he sailed with the Seafin when he was young and looking for adventure and stuff. And I want to see that story. Yeah. Also. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. 
I know I, there's so much potential with all these stories and you know who knows like if they end up doing a season two whether they'll explore more of this the Seaf and um and the well springs and just getting to know more about that area and, and I think it was like that in the Spriton um they were I think I'm just trying to think out of all the clans I think them two were the ones that sort of were a bit left out um like I mean you got the Mordras there and then you in the show but also like at the end of the sh- at the end of episode 10 you had all the Gelfling clans there um but I think Spriton and the Seafen there wasn't too much I mean of course you had the um Alda Kadir and Onikar and that we'd love to know much more about them like it you know within the context of the show yeah we we got a really nice little peek into um what it might be like to be a seafin with their their beautiful tents and their their soothsaying their you know their um like sort of fortune teller vibe that they have going on and um i actually i spent a lot of time in college i took a trip to romania and i spent a lot of time with the romani people and um sort of that that gypsy culture that you know they actually the ones that i spoke to they they welcomed you know that word a lot of us over here um in the states like consider you know gypsy to be sort of a slur but the ones that i spoke to they they didn't see it that way they um you know were very much like we're traveling people we welcome people to come join us if they want we just want to share our culture with people and you know words are what we make them and when i was reading joe's books and then seeing the um seeing it on age of resistance what the culture they sort of painted for the seafin it was very reminiscent of that for me and um it was a really nice little touch like i feel like maybe there was um there was a lot of research that went into the the cultural stylings and the the visual representation and like what they wear and how they dress their environment and like the the beautiful fabrics that they ugh, the, i'm a fabric nerd and i love the fabric they used in like annika and elder elder Kadia's sort of lair i just like man i want to hang out in there it looks so cool yeah i know i love to just hang out in the tents and just yeah just chilling and, and doing some far dreaming and <laughs> yeah ugh, i mean the, I, i'm all about that and annika was probably one of my top three favorite characters from the book series so i've I was ha- I was happy she was in the show, um, but I would love to have more of her. But um, but anyhow, with with Rian, I feel like that could be another fun adventure to see Rian like on a ship, you know, sailing with some seafins and getting himself in a in a high seas sort of adventure. I think that would be really. I don't know. How do you think Rian would handle a like a piratey adventure? I think that would be kind of cool. I yeah, I'd definitely be up for that. Um, well, I know that Hop wouldn't be able to handle it <laughs> no way but that would make for a really funny scene though for sure oh yeah totally yeah 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 i mean he was struggling in you know in the dowsing area um the air sickness or i think that was oh. yeah it was interesting yeah, how, like that, that, yeah. how they treat the the desert yeah. like it's an ocean yes and, yeah yeah you know air sickness is like sea sickness and they're like they surf on those the gliders they surf on the on the water i mean on the sand like yeah the crystal skimmers ah they're so cool i i flipped out when i saw the crystal skimmer in the trailer the first time the trailer came i mean that trailer i can't believe they got as much as they did in it (laughs) like still looking back i'm like wow um but yeah the crystal sea though when when rian and bria brea um they when they all get to the to the crystal sea and they meet rakir 
and Rian's a little hesitant about our boy Rakir, but Brea seems into it. Yeah. So I think I think at this point it's interesting that Rian started having that lesson of, you know, being vulnerable and trusting other Gelfling, but then he's still not entirely sure about Rakir. He still has a little ways to go about learning to embrace people who are because he's never met I don't think he would ever met a Dusin up oh, until yeah, this be- point. Yeah, because I don't think Dozens Do- Do- um never were involved. Like that there couldn't be um uh, guards at the Castle of Crystal. It was only it was really just um the stone in the wood and yeah, maybe a dr- yeah, and Drenchen. And um I'm just trying to think. Maybe a Vapor or um you know, a couple of clans, but I know Dowson was definitely one of them that um they weren't allowed to sort of be part of, you know They're sort of pacifists. Sort of, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um way, and that's yeah. that's explored a little more in the in the books, like um in Flames of the Dark Crystal as well and and in which I think was in in Tides where we go to the, the oasis and their big struggle is getting the deuce into act, you know, because they they kind of just want to huddle around and and pray basically, and not take action to st- solve the problem because they want to trust in their spirituality and stuff. But they have to they have to do more than that, right? And so, yeah, they're they're very pacifist at this point, and like they fight when they need to. I mean, no one's arguing. Uh, Rick here, he's totally he's awesome. <laughs> yeah, no, he's 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 a cool character, and but I they're mean, not I'll, afraid I'll, of death, is their thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, and um, I mean, he's definitely a character that I would love to definitely delve into for future shows. I mean, so many characters in the show that, like, you know, we could just almost spend a whole year just talking about each characters and what what their journey was and all that kind of stuff. But um, it was an important lesson yeah. for Rian to meet Rick here and to like he kind of had to check himself a little bit, you know, like, hey just because he's different and he likes to give girls uh, bone necklaces doesn't mean you know he doesn't deserve to be trusted he's still on your same team so that was another sort of little character hurdle for Rian to like yeah you're getting there you're getting a little more vulnerable a little more trusting but you still got a little of those barriers to break through because he doesn't he doesn't trust Rick here right away and he has to learn to do that and so I guess you know from there I mean they do um like head off to the circle of the suns you know in in episode seven which is probably one of my definitely one of my favorite episodes it's so hard i'm I'm back and forth between episodes um you know well my all-time favorite and um i think seven's probably my favorite but four is a pretty close favorite as well it's yeah but again i think with episode i think we we did probably did talk about this in last time that we did talk about the circle of the suns that um yeah, just love Skekrar and and Ergo. Um, they were just so, so great characters. But and I talk mean, about a test yeah. of trust for the main characters. This is a a Skeksis that they're meeting, and their first reaction to him is, "Ah, oh, he's a Skeksis." <laughs> I'm a what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. And and I mean, this is. I mean, this episode. Probably what I liked about this episode was, well, especially for the main heroes, they sort of had to sort of just have patience essentially and, and wait for um Skekrar and Ergo to you know start their own show and all that kind of stuff so they were pretty much in the back seat for most of the episode and but we sort of gave time like with Rian and Deke getting to know each other a bit more which 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 was really nice moments that we sort of got 
from those two characters and you know they've known each other since episode three but you know they had but even back in episode i think three or was it episode two i'm 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 no episode three that you know when they met for the first time and they didn't really think of much of each other that sort of thing but now that they've sort of had enough time to get to know each other they you know have have a conversation and getting to know each other so it's kind of like a neat neat little you know breathing space well i like how she she sort of teases him a little bit like you know calling him the daylighter oh yes yeah in episode eight yeah you know this is this is how groton see us you know like he's he's only really had culture of like the castle of the crystal and like stone in the wood and that's it so now he's getting a taste of what it's like to be a groton and like how they view him and you know to be called a daylighter and what are some of the some of the other uh, little names that she calls him and he's sort of being cheeky with her and like oh i think i prefer daylighter and <laughs> and uh you know he's he's taking the opportunity to learn from deep she's she's giving him a little a little cultural education there it's it's cute but it's important for his character too and really, like, from there, you know, that's when they head to the, the Groton clan and trying to figure out, you know, what's going on, you know, especially with those spies that are sort of taking over the Groton clan and, and then really just ended up with Rand sort of, you know, doing a, you know, asking for the Grottons to, to help their cause because it's like, well, this whole area has been affected by the darkening, you know, things are just going to get, you know, even if you take over you know, the Grotten Caves, you're going to be infected with the Darkening. Um, it's not going to work for you at all. So um, in their favor at the end. So so I, I feel like Rian coming to that conclusion of we need to work together with the Arathim, which, I mean, I don't think Rian in episode one would have ever considered that. No, because like, he wants he wanted to hunt them. Yeah. Spinner you know, hunting. He only saw them as, like, monsters basically and now he's recognizing you know talk about vulnerability you're (laughs) recognizing that these things that you thought were monsters doing these horrible things are actually like they have a struggle of their own and he actually heard them out and like oh this was your home too and you're being used by the Skeksis just as much as we are and I think that was a a trait he learned from Deet I think Deet really helped him to learn to like stop and listen to each other and be more vulnerable to other people's struggles and hear them out you know put aside your own like um yeah your own differences and the the things you thought ahead of time about that like you know i had these ideas about what the arathim were but i'm a little wrong maybe being able to admit you're wrong and and to go from there is something that um Another sort of heroic trait that doesn't get talked about a lot. Like when we think of heroes, we think of, you know, the ones who are chosen to rise up and do the brave thing. But sometimes doing the brave thing means admitting that you were wrong before and you need to change something. Yeah. And uh, I mean, yeah, especially like with Rand, like where he goes through, you know, from episode one to episode 10, like, you know, he he goes through a journey that he really, really learns a lot more about the world you know outside his clan and outside um you know, yeah with He's his clan schooled. and stuff yeah 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 exactly <laughs> yeah so getting that education <laughs> yeah definitely thanks to yeah. thanks to deet and his his other friends and yeah go for sure yeah <laughs> it's, yeah <laughs> and um i mean of course like 
probably forgot you know to mention of course that you know his main thing was um you know from episode seven is that he needed to find the jewel glaive this sort of the, the sword that would help end Skeksis' power essentially um which you know he does get in episode nine and um that was one of the things where i was i was sort of hoping oh you know is he gonna go into the um into uh the caves of grotta i think there was like this you know this treasure room that i thought he would have to go into to find the jewel glaive i think that we saw um that was in uh, i think song of the dark crystal there was a little a good part where the you know naya and yeah and then Kyle come- and they went to the caves of grotta and they went into that room and yeah, yeah. And that was sort of where they learned also about the, the history of the Vapra and the Groton, how their sort of sister clans, how they, they came from two sisters and one started a clan to focus on the light and one started a clan to focus on the dark. And like the light clan was looking ahead to the future and the dark clan was preserving the things from the past and like the history. And um, that was that was a cool thing to, to learn about in the book. So, I mean, we didn't really get as much of that from uh, Age of Resistance when Rian goes to the Groton Caves it's more about I think from a cinematic perspective it's because we're not really at this stage we're not learning so much about Gelfling culture and Gelfling history so much as we're trying to get an understanding of this character's journey so I, I understand why they would switch the focus a little bit to be more of a character growth moment for Rian um, from a cinematic perspective so I mean it was, it was important to focus on how he was had changed and had you know what he learns from the grottons rather than learning about the you know the culture and the history because again we only have 10 hours so we can't fit everything yeah i know exactly yeah yeah they're running out of time so yeah. they decided you know you know what Let, let's have the um modra argot you know she yeah. had it the whole time sort of thing which i i thought was actually that was actually like a good you know i, I kind of like that moment too even though Definitely. it's like yeah i would have liked i would have liked an indiana jones sort of thing like him you know, trying to find the jewel glaive himself, but you know, I thought that was that was a, I know, <laughs> I don't know. Um, but I, I know, I know, Dark Crystal and Indiana Jones like <laughs> adventure sort of crossover. That'd be pretty sweet. Arathum. Um, Why did it have yeah. to be Arathum? Um, <laughs> anyway, no, it. I and I'm not yeah. going to complain about getting more uh, Madra Argo either. Like, she. Oh yeah, yeah. She's awesome. So I, yeah. I was totally yeah, fine with getting so cool. another scene of her above ground. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, of course, yeah. And especially, like, you know, once he get, gets a dual glaive. And, I mean, even then, like, he sort of gets to know more about his father as well. Um, didn't know much about... I'm surprised his father never told him stories about what happened, you know, in the um, the battle at the Stone in the Wood with the Ratham. Um, or whether he only heard... Or whether he only got... Heard a little bit about it. But, yeah. So, yeah. um well, I mean, what we gather from Ordon's character is he's not really into being a like a showboat. You know, he doesn't like to gloat and show off and be like, "This is my heroic journey." He's more about like focus on the task ahead and do what needs to be done, and you know, be good at what you do and do the right thing. Don't focus on the past and you know, gloating. Well, and- being, I mean, I mean, his last words to Rian was, "Be brave." Um, I guess you know that's, you know, just. Just move forward, move forward, you know. Don't think about your heroics, you know, be brave. Just keep pushing forward and, um, yeah, yeah, just sort of thinking about that just now. Yeah, um, that's definitely, I think, something that Rian is keeping in mind at this point. When he learns this about his dad, he's, like, gaining a new appreciation for his dad that, you know, yeah, his last words were to be brave. And 
now I'm learning about all these amazing things he did in the past that he didn't even see fit to brag about. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely, yeah. Um, and then, yeah, from there, I mean, he ends up getting to the stone of wood and, um, you know, he finds another piece of the sword and, and does his message. And to, know, to this... learn that his clan had fallen yeah. too, that moment of like oh, stone yeah. in the wood is no more. Like they've been defeated. Like, mm, yeah. ugh, no like how much there. more loss can Rian go through at this point? But then, you know, yeah, he spread the message and, you know, sort of hoping that it sort of got to, to the clans, um, you know, some of the other clans and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, and then, yeah, I mean, episode 10 was just, you know, really the, the big battle, like this, you know, preparing and then having the big battle, which was, it was pretty good. Like, yeah, I mean, for him to go up against uh, the general and um, able to use a sword to pretty much stab him and seem like it was like draining the general's essence or that was going inside the sword, that was a pretty neat. Yeah. yeah. And coming to the conclusion that he doesn't want to be a killer, you know, he's he understands at this point because he learned from, uh, from the Circle of the Suns, he knows now that the Skeksis and the Mystics are tied together and that if he just flat out, you know, leads the Gelfling to kill all the Skeksis, well, you're also exterminating the Mystics at that point too. So he realizes that, you know, well, if we just decide to kill you, we're not any better than you are really. We don't want to exterminate you. We need to heal what's been done and bring you guys back together. Yeah, I guess that's a thing because it's like, even if they decide, you know, oh, let, let, let's just kill them, all that sort of thing, if they had thought about that, but if they did do that with their world, like I think the world will still be darkened anyways because I think needing needing the Skeksis and Mystics to be, be as one and sort of reverse everything is what's going to make the world a better a better place. Um, well, plus I think the Gelfling so, yeah. would be darkened at that point too. If the Gelfling decide, oh, it's okay, we're just going to kill them all, that's going to solve the problem. Well, that's pretty dark for Gelfling. So oh, then they would yeah, be affected yeah. by the darkening at that point. Like that really doesn't heal anything. So it's not until they discover the shard in the dual glaive that they're like oh i see what we have to do and then deet's vision of course of course yeah yeah as we see you know some things that happen you know potentially might happen in the future but i think deet's visions have always been almost somewhat accurate of like you know what you see is what will happen in the future i think i remember when i looked at the visions from i think from the first episode and most of those visions are definitely you know shots from later on in the show i think there was only one shot where it was um it was olgra um screaming at the at the pluffum creature though i kind of feel like technically that did happen because i'm like even though you don't see it in episode five i'm like in context i I think you could say that really that really happened yeah well the thing was she was seeing the bad part of the vision but what she didn't see in the vision was the moment after when Agra had the revelation of you know, I can heal you, I can bring you back, this, you know, it doesn't have to end here. So the same could be true of this vision as well. Like, we're seeing the darkness, but we're not seeing how these things get resolved. And just because we're seeing these bad things happen doesn't necessarily mean that's the end. You know, we have to have hope, you know, you have to still light the fires. And um, kind of backtracking a little bit, but the moment before the battle, you know, when, when Rian is talking uh, through the flames to the other Gelfling clans to get, to get them to light the fires. I feel like that's a huge important moment for, for Rian to, um, to touch on, I'm sure 
to um, how he takes it upon himself to send the message to everybody. And he's really at his most, like he's, he's learned his full lesson about, I need to put my own pride and my own pain and my own grief to the side and like let other people join in these feelings with me instead of just trying to handle them on my own. Um, and I mean, for vulnerability's sake too, like the emperor interrupts and sees their message. Like the fact that it wasn't entirely safe for him to put that message out in the fires and, and get, because the, the Skeksis could see it through the crystal. And sure enough, the emperor comes in and he's like, ha ha. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm going to, <laughs> yep, I'm going to mess this up. But, but Rian knows he's brave and he knows what needs to be done anyway. Like it doesn't matter that the Skeksis know what we're doing. Let them come, let them know what we're doing. It doesn't stop us. We have to do it anyway. Yeah. And I mean, it was so good, like at the end of the battle and, you know, yeah, I mean, there was sort of almost losing at the moment when Skekmel came and grabbed Rian, but, um, Irvar decides to sacrifice his life so that to defeat, um, Skekmel and for Rian to live essentially. And then after that, um, with, you know, Orgra being reborn and then all the, um, all the Gelfling clans, all the other clans arrive. And yeah, that, that was a pretty good moment. And yeah, all the Skeksis are sort of like, oh, no, got to go back to the castle. Like, you know, we're overpowered at this moment. So, and really, I mean, the big thing with Ran is sort of at the end is really the loss of Deet. Um, you know, we see Deet has sort of wandered off to the, I think the endless forest. And um, yeah, like he's really concerned for her. Like, you know, cause at this point we just don't know what's going to happen to Deet and um it's really yeah it'll be really interesting to see like what's gonna happen you know in the future what will happen to you know to Rian and what will happen to you know all these other characters you know with Dayton all that kind of stuff yeah I hope that if in the event that we don't get a season two like if that's the way it goes and they announce like no we're not going to renew it I hope that they at least continue it with a with a book like I hope that they continue the story somehow like even if it's not with another season like maybe they'll um they'll write a continuation in another novel or with comics or something that would i would accept that um because i feel like there's more there this particularly with rian and deet that needs to be resolved like what's gonna happen to deet you know because i mean for me i just feel like i guess the next thing to ask would be like what's rian's next step at this point you know, we, we see their moment of celebration in episode 10 because they won the battle and they the Skeksis know that they mean business and um, they're going to be able to resist. But the, the whole war isn't over still. He knows they have to heal the crystal. So what's going to be the next step for Rian? What is, what is he thinking at this point he has to do next? So um, I think he's just going to try to heal the crystal personally. Like my perspective on it is now he knows that the crystal has to be healed for the the two species to come together uh for the urskex to be reunited um he knows that the darkening can only be healed if the crystal is healed so he's probably thinking i have to just take this shard to the castle of the crystal because i don't think he really knows anything about the great conjunction though no no i don't think they um that wasn't mentioned at all about because I mean, I mean, that's that's the interesting thing we're going to find out, I guess, is how they're going to know 
that the great conjunction is gonna be we have to wait for this moment to happen for for all this to work out um because i mean we see that vision of rian like um putting the shard into the crystal so it just assumes that okay well this event is going to happen but it it definitely seems like that it's probably not going to work at all and it's probably just going to be because well we need the three suns lined up whether that somehow Olgra finds out um, yeah like how, how they find out whether how they need the power of the three suns yeah. to sort of you know act for the time to 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 it for it to be put play, put back into place yeah so i think that would be the continuation of rian's story what we would see happen next would be rian just on his journey like sort of a a version of jen's story where he thinks he needs to go heal the crystal um but then the uh the conflict is gonna be oh it doesn't work why didn't it work and um you know but he probably thinks that it's gonna heal deet if he heals the crystal so that's probably what's going through his mind at this point so no we, we got so much to look forward to i mean yeah I mean, even if like if if the show doesn't happen, I definitely agree. Like if they have continued, you know, if they're able to do the books or the comics to sort of wrap things up. I mean, even if they, I mean, even I even thought like they could even do like crossovers sort of thing. Like you can have the books that can tell one part of the story, and then you have the comics telling a different part of the story, but they sort of intertwine. Kind of, I'm sort of thinking about back in the um in the star wars days with shadows of the empire how there was like a video game there was a book there was a comic and they all had different sort of um perspectives i think um from each thing so i'm like if they were able to do something like that it you know the show couldn't happen if season two doesn't happen at least if they could try and do that at least i think that would be uh that would be pretty cool like I'd, i'd be open for that um but yeah yeah so we're just gonna wait and see, yeah. Definitely, <laughs> uh, we can we can all dream. I mean, I think we should definitely be grateful for what we got. I mean, it has been a wild couple of years for Dark Crystal fans. Like we never would have thought we would get all the things we've gotten in this past year of between the the books, the comics, all of the expansion. And then to get this show, even if it's just one season, you know, a lot of people out there think, you know, just because we want to speculate on season two and we're hoping for a season two, that means that, you know, we'll all be super let down if that doesn't happen. I mean, yeah, we want a season two, of course, because we want more all the time, of course, going to want more. But but I think we are all going to be very grateful, even if all we get is this one season. It was something for sure that we never could have dreamed of and and. Um, I, I think that they should definitely continue because they created these characters, these new characters, you know, before we, we had two Gelfling to be in love with and, um, you know, then Then we had seven clans of Gelfling, you know, all different personalities and different perspectives and there's so much more now. Yeah. And absolutely. Yeah. Um, if not for, for Rian, too i mean we we have these new heroes including rian and deet and brea and we we need to see what happens to them next so they should definitely do that via uh comics if not with another season so um however on the on the subject of expanded universe for rian um 
maybe now would be a right, the right time to get into my little story that I wrote about Rian. <laughs> oh yes, yeah. We got to get into these Mad Libs. Uh, so, I mean, for for those who are you know that don't know, um, you know what Mad Libs are. Um, so, you know, I just thought maybe explain, you know, oh, yeah. how how we do all this and what the process and yeah, yeah, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, so yeah. For for anyone who might not be familiar, um, it's occurred to me recently that Mad Libs might be a more specific to to the West sort of thing. But <laughs> um, if you don't know, it's sort of a, it's a word game basically. So you get stories and the stories have gaps in them. There are words missing and basically you have to fill in the blanks before you've heard the story. So you're prompted with, you know, types of words that you need to fill in and then you plug them into the story before reading the rest of the story. And then once you get the whole story together, uh, sometimes the final result is usually really silly. Um, Sometimes it's, you know, random and doesn't make sense, like, <laughs> but, but it's usually hilarious. And, um, so in this instance, I have a story that I, a little short blurb that I have written about Rian and I've, uh, put meticulous little spaces for Phil to, uh, to fill in. Um, so I'm going to give you types of words. So just a little recap, they're either going to be nouns. So just like a person, place, or a thing. Sometimes it might be a number that I need from you. Sometimes it might be an adjective, which is like a describing word. So like furry, loud, big, small. Um, sometimes it might be a body part. Sometimes it might be an animal. So I'll let you know uh, what those are gonna be. Phil's just gonna give me words and I'm gonna plug them into the story. And then at the end, once I have all of Phil's words, I will be reading back the final story. And we will see what kind of madness Rian has gotten himself into in this story alrighty yep <laughs> okay alright let's do it let's do this yeah <laughs> okay so first of all I have my story up here I'm gonna hit edit cool the first word that I need from you Phil I need an adjective so a describing word I'm gonna go sleeping sleepy alright then I need a noun from you just a person place or thing Gurgeon. And one more noun, so just a random thing. The Caves of Grot. And then let's do another object. I'm just really trying to think hard. Uh, you know what? I'll just go dual glaive. And don't be afraid to throw in non-Dark Crystal words like any... Oh, okay, okay. Any, cause All right, the okay. story any, is plenty Dark Crystal enough, so if you want to throw in right, right. random yeah, words yeah, okay. in there, that's totally fine too. No pressure. Right. So one more okay, object you, from yeah. you. All right, let's go watch. Like they have their own clocks. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and don't worry, this story—it's—it's it's non-canonical. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is. No, this is totally yeah, exactly. fan fiction. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Um. So now I need an adverb. So that's like a describing word that ends in ly. So like slowly, quickly, softly, that kind of thing. Uh, I'm just trying to think. Sneakingly. Sneakily, I like that. Uh, now I need a body part from you, Phil. Let's make this random and just say belly button. I like it. <laughs> I think I need. I think I think I need to add something really absurd. You know. Yeah. No. Get <laughs> a bit out there. It. A bit out there. But to <laughs> <laughs> if you heard some of the Mad Libs I've filled out, sir. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> trust me. Okay. So the next thing that we need is another adjective. So a describing word. 
So fat, skinny, tall, short, something describing. Attractive? That works. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That'll work for sure. Okay, good. Okay. good. <laughs> uh, now I need the name of a female celebrity. Uh, let's go with Nathalie Emmanuel, um, the voice of Date. Yeah, the She's voice a celebrity. of Date, Natalie Emmanuel. Yeah. <laughs> she is beautiful and I'm happy to add her. Okay, so one more uh, describing word, like a, an adjective. Running? We could do runny. Like like it's runny, like it's like soup. <laughs> So do runny. I like that. Okay. So one more describing word like like that. So like um, you know, big, loud. Uh let's go soft. Uh another body part from you. Let's go feet. I need <laughs> I need an animal. Uh, let's go outside through and I'll just say cat. Okay, another object or thing. Let's go belt. One more object or thing. It could be a food, it could be an animal, it could be an object, anything. Uh, let's go fizz gig. Fizz gig. Oh, that fits. Oh, no. <laughs> when you hear that sentence back, you're going to be like, oh, no. <laughs> um, okay, give me a number. Let's go nine. We have one more object or thing, and then that's the first half, so we can just read it back at that point, because that's plenty. So one more thing or object. Uh, let's go, um, it, it's so hard because I'm like, I'm really thinking like, you know, that's part of Thra, but it's like, need to think, nah, out. I know I need to think outside, not. I need to think outside of it. Let's go a painting. Ooh, okay. That is definitely an object. Okay. So I will read back, uh, this part one of the story for you and you can see, so you can get an idea of what yeah. you've done, Philip. <laughs> <laughs> see what mess I've so, caused. <laughs> yeah so i've i've called this story uh rian's welcome home party so here's our story it goes it was a sleepy night rian the newest gelfling gurgeon in the castle of the caves of grot was visiting his home of Dulglave in the watch his family had prepared a celebration feast for his new position at the castle. His father, Orden, looked on sneakily as his son followed in his belly button steps to serve the attractive Skeksis. His mother, Natalie Emmanuel, presented the most runny feast for the entire Gelfling clan. Even Madrafera was invited to the soft party. Rian's feet watered as he smelled the food. All of his favorite traditional stonewood meals, slow-roasted cat, belt soup, Fizz gig stew, oh. and for dessert, an old recipe handed down from nine generations for baked painting pie. <laughs> wow, that sounds delicious, I have to say. You came up with, I don't know if the belt soup, the roasted cat, or the fizz gig stew sounds more delectable, but it's a little sad. Yeah, <laughs> the fizz gig stew, wow. Like... Not, not bad for your first Ooh. Mad Lib, sir. Yeah, yeah. So for part two of our story about Rian, uh, what el what happened next at the party? The first thing I'm gonna need from you is a verb. Um, I'm gonna go shopping. Awesome. Then an adjective. Disgusting. Perfect. A <laughs> noun. Uh, I was thinking some something from home. Um, the opera house. That's gonna be good. And then a past tense verb. Was. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's That'll past. work. I can make that work. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then I think the next one I have is another verb. Yep. Uh, that'd be, oh, okay. Writing. That works. And then a noun. 
the caves of Grot will go along with that, you know, the, from yeah. the pre- previous part. <laughs> Plug that one in there. And then a yeah. uh, past tense verb. Uh, cooked. And then a plural noun. Uh, women. Oh, that's <laughs> that's going to be really good. Uh, then another adjective. Beautiful. Oh, that definitely works. Uh, verb with ing at the end. We'll go uh, sh- shoveling. Shoveling. Let me add that in there. That's pretty good. That actually works really well. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Then the next one is an adverb. Merrily. Mm-hmm. That merrily, definitely merrily, works. Merrily, merrily, merrily. Um, <laughs> life is but a dream. Then mm. adjective. Yep. Uh, I'm going to go shy. And then a noun. Uh, one of my favorites, um, freckles. One of my favorites as well. Yeah, and freckles, one of my favorite yeah. uh, traits just in general. Yep. I love, mm-hmm. I tend to just, I love freckles. Mm. Um, all right. So <clears throat> without further ado, so when last we left uh, Rian at the story, they he was drooling over all of the amazing food. And now, uh, just as Madra Farah stood to shop a toast for Rian, a disgusting sound rang through the trees as a huge opera house spitter was riding into view. Ordon and Rian drew their caves of grot, attacking the spitter until at last it cooked. Madra Farah cried, three women for the beautiful Rian. <laughs> and everyone sp- <laughs> that's probably my favorite part okay. um, <laughs> and everyone spent the rest of the evening shoveling their food merrily Rian just knew his destiny would be shy and he could truly be a great freckles of thraw <laughs> I mean oh, wow what, what a, a story <laughs> what an adventure I I really hope that um, you know the Henson Company if, if you're out there listening this is this would definitely make a great little side episode just like another little prequel for Rian just this uh wild dinner party that goes awry when the opera house spitter attacks so yep absolutely yeah <laughs> nice job oh, God. yep 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 yeah don't use my suggestion sense company please <laughs> but no it's it's, it's funny it, it's fun um yeah no, no thank you so much sydney that this is that was great um with these mad leaps and i'm pretty sure we'll be doing many more of them um with the next sort of character discussions um with the podcast so yeah yeah, it's it's a lot of fun i'm excited to come up with one for deet next time we'll see what sort of wacky adventure we can get deet into yep the (laughs) non-canonical tales Mm -hmm. of of our heroes of thra (laughs) mad libs make for excellent fan fiction i think (laughs) yep (laughs) so i will um I'll send you the the entire story like with the blanks out so that if we can invite uh, listeners if they would like to fill out their own they can send those in to us um, maybe maybe I can pick out a favorite from what you guys uh, can come up with and some of them might be pretty funny we can read those back later that was a lot of fun so I can't wait to um to do more of them in future shows yeah so I mean that would have been your that's your first ever one right because from what i understand it is more of an american thing that we do i haven't yeah like... yeah i haven't done much of that at all um like yeah because i mean when you talked about it, i'm like oh i had to go on youtube to sort of um sort of get a vague idea or more of an idea what these mad libs are 
Um, yeah, because yeah. Jimmy Fallon does a fun segment where he takes his Mad Libs and then they make scenes out of them yes, where they have yeah, to act, act out the Mad out. Libs. Yes, yes. Yeah, I'm not going to torture you that oh, much. No. <laughs> I just wanna, you know, read back silly stories and yeah. see what, what other kind of... Yeah, so exactly. you'll get the hang of it. Yeah, totally, yeah. No, that's awesome. <laughs> All right, so I think, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll wrap up for this episode of uh, Trial by Stone. So I think, you know, we pretty much wrapped up uh, talking about Rian. I'm sure we'll be talking about Rian for many more episodes to come. Um, but, you know, these are always sort of good, fun discussions and, you know, we'll definitely keep doing them. Um, and I think we'll probably do... Um, I think we'll do Deet. They'll probably be our next sort of big discussion uh, featuring Deet. So, yeah, again... Um, yeah, thank thank you so much, and um, yeah, got plenty more episodes to come on these discussions. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and huge shout out, thank you by the way to uh, one of our listeners, Jess Jelks, for coming up with the idea for doing Mad Libs. Um, I I just love the idea; it's really funny. Hopefully, we can flesh out a couple more, and I hope you like this first one. So, thank you for the idea, and keep keep listening. Thank you. Trial by Stone, the Dark Crystal podcast, is a production of Three Point Edit. If you'd like to get in contact with the show, you can do so at darkcrystalpodcast at gmail.com. You can also like us on Facebook, follow on Twitter and Instagram, and subscribe on YouTube. If you'd like to know more about the podcast, visit our website at www.darkcrystalpodcast.com. Thank you so much and stay tuned for the next episode of Trial by Stone. This podcast is brought to you by ThamesCon, bringing conventions to Oxford and London, including the Great Conjunction. Right now, they are running a Dark Crystal Virtual Cosplay Contest. To find out more, visit their website at www.thegreatconjunction.com.